Thank you, B. He's a great God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so happy you all are here. It's nice and cool in here. See, if you don't have air conditioning, church is a good place to go to. <laughs> if the house has got air, right? Boy, boy, I tell you, I've been, we went to a church. Man, that is. Okay. We went to a church when we were in Florida at Bible College. And, uh, well, there was probably six people there when we first walked in. And our family of five, we doubled the attendance. The pastor was excited when we came into the church. But it was so hot in there, and they had no air conditioning. So they pulled the windows and opened it up. But that didn't help either. So I'm thankful for air conditioning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray for us tomorrow. We're going to be uh, out uh, looking at more buildings. I see this will be number 22 and 23, I think, or something like that. But God's will will be done, and we're not nervous at all. We feel very comfortable with where we're at. And we're not in a hurry. You know, God is, God is in control. Um, oh, I wanted to share. Diane, do you want to share it just real quickly? I'm not exactly sure. It's some kind of robes that you needed? Okay, we have a children's program coming up on Wednesday evenings. Is that correct? Sunday? Whenever it is. Okay, but we need people that know how to sew. That wouldn't be me. So if you're a seamstress or you have that skill or... Whatever, please see Diane after service. Would you do that? Okay. And that's right, Matt, my son. It's your birthday. You know, he's so quiet back there. He's been with us since we've been coming out to the east. Huh? Stand up. There you are. Happy birthday. Oh, what a faithful brother. How old were you when you started coming to the church? Yeah, spiritual son. Nine? And you're like, what, 14 now or something? (laughs) Happy birthday. Amen. Let's get to the word tonight. Amen? You ready for the word? I've been pumped all week. I've been pumped since last week. It's like, oh, God, I can hardly wait to get to Wednesday night. And the beauty for me is I get to do this again tomorrow night. I'm a blessed man. I just want you to know that. To be able to get into the word and be able to do it twice in a row. Man, I'm just so thankful to the Lord. John chapter 14, let's get to the word. Verse 26, John chapter 14 and verse 26. The Bible says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. I like that, teaching you all things. That means That if you have a connection with the Holy Spirit, you can learn how to stay healthy. Not just how to get healed. Isn't that good? He said all things. So I started throwing things at Jesus. He said, yeah, that too. I said, what about this? He said, yeah, that too. And you could just about throw anything you want at him and he will say, yeah, that too. Because he said all things. I will teach you how to operate in all things, how to, uh, how to keep your home, how to be uh, a better parent, how to be a good spouse. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is, prosperity. The Holy Spirit can teach us how to, and that's the beauty of it, because as we were looking at Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, we were talking about the seven spirits of God. 
Now, tonight we're going to talk about the spirit of knowledge, and next week the spirit of the fear of the Lord, which is the final one, or actually the first one. They have been inverted, and I'll show you that under kind of a ladder ascending with the spirit of the fear of the Lord as the first rung to get to another level in God. But tonight we want to talk about the spirit of knowledge. Because in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, it said, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. I believe we're living in a time when we can operate in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, I thank God for the early 1900s when they had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism. I mean, that's great. You know, people were speaking in tongues. That's great. They prophesied. That's great. But you know what I believe? God wants us to be involved in the entirety of his anointing. The spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of might, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of the Lord to come upon us. It's for all of it. It's for us. So we shouldn't limit ourselves in regards to what we flow in, we should look for, we should pray for, say, God, you know what, I want the fullness of your spirit operating in my life. Now, let me give you a definition of the word knowledge out of the dictionary. It simply means this, understanding gained through experience, that which has been perceived, discovered, or learned. So knowledge, when we're talking about the spirit of knowledge, if you're going to look at it from the human definition or from the natural definition, it would be understanding gained through an experience, that which has been perceived or discovered or learned. But in the Holy Spirit, it is understanding gained by the revelation that the Holy Spirit gives you. And that's the difference. People can get understanding through perception, through experience, through education. But when you and I operate in the spirit of knowledge, under that anointing, we operate on another level, on a deeper level. And that level is that the Holy Spirit has given us understanding by revelation. By revelation. The Holy Spirit provides the how-tos in life. So if you don't really know how to, the Holy Ghost knows how. And all we have to do is get revelation from him on how to do it. I like to say it gives us a sweatless victory. I like someone who preached that uh, one time. They said, you know what? We ought not to have to sweat to get breakthrough. We ought not to have to earn that through a lot of energy and and a lot of exertion. You know, this is a sweatless kingdom. This is a victory kingdom. And so the Holy Spirit would just give us the revelation. John chapter 8 and verse 32, you know the scripture. He said that, that those that know the truth, when you know the truth, when you've gained knowledge about a truth, that knowledge of that truth will make you free. And so God wants to give us that knowledge and that freedom spiritually encountering the depth of the Holy Spirit. That's really how we get to know truth. We get to know truth by the Holy Spirit taking us into the depths because it's only the Holy Spirit who knows the deep things of God. So if I'm going to get the deep truths of God, I've got to get connected to the Holy Spirit and He will take me to the deep places in God and reveal to me what it is I have need of. So knowing the truth getting that spirit of knowledge. Now, the spirit of knowledge isn't an intellectual exercise, and that's what we have to be careful of because I'll show you in a few minutes, a lot of people approach the kingdom by 
intelligence. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to know your Bible. But see, you want to go further than natural knowledge. You and I need to get the revelation of what we're reading, so to speak. We need to get the Holy Spirit's understanding of what's being preached or what's being taught or what you're reading in your own private devotionals. I believe there's more beyond what you read in the Bible. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not talking about extra biblical truth that's going to be equal to Scripture. Uh, No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying when you read a verse, there is more in that verse than what your intelligence can perceive. What your senses can begin to feel. There is more there. And I told the little story on Sunday about No More Beyond with Christopher Columbus and how a whole generation, century after century, was controlled by by a myth out of a Greek mythology that Hercules in the Straits of Gibraltar said, there's no more beyond this point. And so people limited their life based on that limitation, on on that statement. There's no more beyond. Until Christopher Columbus said, there's got to be more beyond. But he said look if you go beyond these pillars in the straight you're going to fall off the edge of the earth because the earth is flat and that knowledge was without revelation and an entire generation after generation lived their life according to natural perception and learning Ooh, I'm telling you, in the church, we've got good Bible studies and we read the word and we've got good preaching. But let me tell you something. If I'm hearing a sermon, I've got to know there's more than that sermon that I'm hearing. God's got to give me revelation. I'm always looking for the revelation of what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, and what I'm perceiving. And so tonight, that's what that anointing of the spirit of knowledge is all about. Spirit of knowledge isn't an intellectual exercise, but a spiritual encounter with depth. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, Paul writes this. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. We must have revelation of what we are reading and what we are hearing. When I first got saved, we went to a basic youth conflicts seminar with Bill Gothard. Anybody know Bill Gothard? A few of you know. And uh, we went, I don't know how many times, and he, he was a proponent of getting revelation from Scripture. And uh, so I, I got in the habit of that. I would read uh, a Scripture like John 8, verse 32, about knowing the truth and the truth setting you free. And I would write down all of my perceptions of that Scripture, and then I would go back in prayer and I said, God, you know what? I want to know more. And, and I, would, I, would, I would write some more. I think, wow, the last time I was here and I asked you, I got five and I couldn't think of any more. I couldn't see anything else. Then I went back and I prayed and I got two more. How come I didn't get those two more the first time I went? And then I went back a third time and I got one more. Now I've got three more beyond where I thought there was no more beyond. And so in my youth ministry, when I was a youth guy a long time ago, 
I would take my teenagers into a place of prayer and I'd give them a scripture, maybe in Matthew 13, one of the parables or whatever, and I'd say, I want you to write down all the, the understanding that you can get out of that scripture. I want you to see every uh, interpretation. I want you to, to tell me what you're seeing in this scripture. They'd come back and I'd say, okay, that's great. Now go back and get me some more. What? We don't have any more. We already did it. This is boring. This is 15 minutes. We're going to do this again. I said, go back again because you're going to be surprised. The Holy Spirit, if you'll ask him, will take you beneath the surface. And they'd come back and they'd have two or three more. Not all of them, but a lot of them would. And then we'd say, okay, now go back again. And, and you'll be surprised what lies beneath or beyond your no more beyond mentality. That's what Paul was praying. Paul was praying that the Father of glory will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. When you encounter the revelation knowledge of God on any issue, you become empowered to succeed in that issue. So it doesn't matter what it is. Once you get revelation knowledge in that realm, for example, how to be a godly husband. Once you get revelation knowledge on how to be a godly husband, you are empowered to succeed as that kind of a husband. But you can go to all kinds of conferences and seminars. And case in point, we've had this huge move recently. I think it's kind of died down now where they get all these men together in a stadium. I, I don't even know what they call it. What is it? Promise keepers. And you're going to promise to do this. And you're going to promise to do that. And they go, yeah, yeah. And two weeks later, they're back to the same old, same old. And I'm not, I'm not discounting the fact that it wasn't good. But listen, knowledge puffs up. And you can get all this knowledge and you can make this commitment on the surface. But until you get revelation of what it is to be that kind of man, then it won't stick and it won't make you successful in that arena. But once you get the revelation of it, and this is something that I've had to dig for to change bad habits in my life or change characteristics of my personality. And Tina could get up here and preach to you about my corrupt personality and how I had to get a revelation. I had to get a word on it. I had to get an understanding beneath the surface. And once I got it, it changed me. But until I got it, I stayed the same, but I was frustrated because I knew I needed to be better, but I couldn't do it. And I needed the spirit of knowledge to come upon me. That spirit of understanding that the Holy Ghost gives us. So no matter where it is that you get it, it will empower you succeed in that arena. That's why we are called to be the head and not the tail. That's why you and I are called to prosper in everything we put our hand to. God's called us to that, but we don't, we don't experience it. But we don't experience it because we're relying on knowledge intellectually in the natural sense through perception and exercise of, of our own you know, ability. But we have to go beneath that surface. We need to get that revelation. We need to look for God to give us that understanding. How we need to go beyond reading and hearing in the natural and catch the revelation of it. Listen to Psalm 62 and 11. This is a scripture that I got so excited about last week because it says, God has spoken once and twice I've heard it. You know, you can hear a sermon one time and that sermon not do a thing for you. You got to hear it twice. Now that doesn't mean buy the CD and listen to it twice. What it means is while I'm preaching, you've got a hunger for the revelation of what you're hearing. And the psalmist said, twice, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this. The second hearing is the revelation. 
Revelation makes God's word personal to you. Now, some years ago, we were like really heavy into the teaching of Rhema and Logos. Logos being the word in the Bible, but rhema being a revelatory word, an understanding that comes to you. And we'd explain it that way, the charismatics or faith movement, I don't know who introduced that. But they were using the differentiation between that as rhema and logos. How many have heard that teaching? You have all know that teaching? Yeah. So, so God wants us to operate on the rhema side of the word. And people would always say, well, never act on the word unless you get a rhema word on it. Don't, don't stop taking your medicine unless you get a rhema word. You know, they would use that application. And I think that was even misguiding to the church because really you can't, you can't, um, you can't teach somebody how to get a rhema word. Until you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and you go beneath the surface. And see, in order to go there, in order to go in that level, you've got to go into that level clean. That is a level that when you enter into, you got to check your stuff out at the door. Because you can't gain entrance into that level with all the stuff that we bring in in the world. Now who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, but he who has clean hands and a pure heart, right? So we're talking about righteousness, holiness. We're talking about checking our sin in at the cross. Hallelujah. Thank God there's a cross. But revelation makes God's word personal to you. Watch this. When God teaches... It's instruction. But when you receive it, through understanding, it becomes manifestation. See, I don't just want to be a preacher and for you to sit there and hear it and be moved solically and go, well, that was a good sermon. Although that's flattering, I would much prefer you say, I got it. I got it. And when you leave the door, suddenly now you've got manifestation. I had a man run to me Sunday morning. I think a week ago I used the illustration about putting toothpaste on Tina's toothbrush and making her coffee and all that kind of stuff. Man, come running to me Sunday morning. He said, Pastor, Pastor, I just want you to know I've been putting toothpaste on my wife's, on my wife's toothbrush and making her coffee. And she was standing there. She goes, yeah, it's been wonderful. He got it. I said, that's spirit of knowledge. It wasn't a good idea. It was an applicable thing. It was something that got a hold of his belly and it changed the course of his life. That's what we're talking about here. When I come to church, I want the course of my life to be altered. But it's not just only the preacher that can do it. You see, you've got to hear the word, but you've got to go beneath the hearing and look for the revelation and take away what God has shown you. And it becomes manifestation. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If he really got that thing, It's going to change his marriage. He's going to get manifestation. He's going to have better romance. He's going to have a better friendship. He's going to have a better uh, honoring one. I mean, the whole thing is going to improve. Why did, how can that thing improve so quickly? Revelation. Revelation. Can you think of an area in your life that you need improvement? Now watch this. Think of somewhere you could be doing better than what you're doing. Oh, Jesus, I got like 150 on my page. But watch. Take one at a time 
and say, God, if you're the Holy Ghost, according to John 14, 26, that teaches us all things, then I'm throwing this at you, baby. I'm throwing this thing at you because I don't want to stay dumb in the spirit. I don't want to live down here. I want to live up here. I want to live above and not beneath because that's my promise. Do you understand what I'm talking about? All right. And here's what God wants to introduce us to. Total mastery. Total mastery. The spirit of knowledge gives us total mastery. Say that with me. Total mastery. Say it one more time. Total mastery. Remember I said, if you get revelation in a particular area, then that manifestation is released. Then you become, you become a person that now is in control of that. You now are empowered to succeed. But let's go one step further. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. You know the scripture. What does it say? Let's read it together. It's up on the screen. Read it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. Now, this is interesting. They knew the Bible. They knew the law. They knew how to do things. You would think they were knowledgeable. But God said, you have rejected knowledge. So evidently, somebody's interpretation or perception of knowledge was off. What the priests believed knowledge were is exact opposite of what God said knowledge was. He said, you've rejected my knowledge. The reason why you've rejected it is because y'all ain't living right. You're going through the motions. You put on your priestly garbs. You come into the temple, but you've rejected me. How do we reject God? When we don't walk in mastery, when we don't walk in manifestation, just knowledge. I know this Bible by, you know, I've got guys, I went prison ministry so long when I was in Bible college, every Sunday, every Sunday, Bartow County Jail. I, I, they knew me so well, I'd walk up and down the, the courts and the, inside jail and I'd just talk to anybody I want to and I met more preachers who knew the Bible better than I. They had more knowledge and they would try to outgun me. I was a young upstart preacher. I didn't know all the Bible. I couldn't even spell Hezekiah, but I tried. But I went there because I had something in my heart. And they would start throwing scriptures at me and telling me about this and that. And do you know where that's at? Do you know where this is? I said, no, 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 I don't. But I said, are you saved? How is it that you've got more knowledge than me? I have little knowledge, but you in there... And I'm out here. You think with all that knowledge, ah, you'd be out here with me. You see what I'm saying? He rejected <laughs> knowledge. You ever meet anybody that knows the boy? They know the Bible. But their family life is cracking and crumbling and their finances are out of blah, 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 blah. Why? Because they rejected knowledge. They're purely from a physical natural, carnal approach. Now, knowing where you are going is good. I know where I'm going tomorrow in one of these buildings, but I have never been there, and I'm going to need some guidance. So knowing how to get there 
is probably better than knowing where I'm going. Right? Because if I don't know how to get there, doesn't matter if I know where I'm going. I say, where are you going today? Well, I'm going over here. Where's that? I have no idea. How many know that I'll never get to where I think I'm going today because I don't know how to get there? And we've got church full of people, uh, people full, churches full of people, that's it, all over America that know they're going to heaven. They don't know how to get there. So I would rather have a little less knowledge and a little more how-to. And if it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the how-to, we ought to be introduced. I ought to start looking for some revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit, seeing how He's the one that can search deep things of God and go beyond my, my, my limitation, where it says, no more beyond. He said, oh, watch this. Bam, I can take this. I can give you more revelation, more interpretation, more understanding of this. You're, you're, you're about to get manifestation, boy. So, so knowing where you're going is good, but how to get there is better. The Spirit of God unfolds the mysteries. Let me show you this to you in Mark 4, verse 11. This is a great scripture. And I don't want to take too long tonight here because I'm feeling it. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now read the rest of that with me. But to... Stop right there. Stop right there. Let's read that part again. But to... Stop right there. Now, to you, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Let me say this. You might want to write it down. Mystery equals mastery. So Jesus is teaching. He said, to you, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them who are, put the scripture back up. But to them who are where? If you're outside, you're not. I know that sounds so basic. But Jesus was differentiating between those who had a different position. All of them had knowledge. But to those who were on the outside. What does it say? Let's read the rest of it. All things come in parables. Man, you know, I just can't figure this thing out. I I know God wants to do this, but I just just don't know what... This doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I prayed. I've given my giving. I've... I've had oil anointing on me. I've, I just—I don't understand. I mean, I thought I got the—I thought I got a word from God on this, and and Pastor preached on this the other day. But you know, it just doesn't seem to be working for us. I've had one of the elders pray, and I've called the prayer line at Oral Roberts. I've done all this stuff, and it's just not working. It's because you're on the outside, and it's parable. You're trying to figure it out. We're trying to—we're trying to approach the mystery of the kingdom of God. And God says, unless you're in the inside. The inside to me represents beneath the surface. Represents revelation. So God, I need to, I need to approach my day every day and say, God, I need revelation. Reveal to me, God. Show me. Give me insights. I think that would be one of our number one prayers. Give me insight into your word. Take me on the inside and show me what's happening. You know, people have 
illustrated it like this. Sometimes they'll say, well, I never knew that church was all this until I got on the inside of everything. Now you got revelation. Now you know what it's like tar- carrying all that stuff out of the trailer and setting up and getting here two hours early and all these guys going through sound checks and getting all the music and Tuesday night or whenever you guys practice and rehearsing and putting it all together and you're starting to be a part of that. And, and you come in on the staff and they're going like, oh my goodness, man, everybody's running around here like crazy and I didn't know, I just couldn't imagine, Pastor, what do you do all week? I know you preach on Sunday, what do you do the rest of the week? I mean, good night. We, we pay you for the whole week because you're on the outside, but get on the inside. Get in on the inside and you'll be like, Whoa, now I see. So we have a whole lot of Christians who are coming to church on the outside. Never get on the inside and never see. Oh, just lift your hand up and say, Jesus, I want to see. Oh, I want to see from the inside, Jesus. I want to see. Give me revelation, God. Give me that revelation of mystery which will, which will equal mastery in that area of my life. Let, let me illustrate this for you. You got a couple more minutes here? Uh, Mark, uh, not Mark, uh, 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 Acts 8. Look at Acts 8, verse 30. Do you remember the story of the uh, Ethiopian? Uh, uh, what was the Ethi- uh, Ethiopian something? Eunuch. That's what he was. <laughs> anyway, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Now, isn't this interesting? He was in his devotions. He was reading the Bible, man. And Philip said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Go to the next part of the verse. And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? Are you feeling me yet? You know what I'm talking about? Unless someone guides me, I can't understand this. Okay, hold that verse there. Go back to my first verse, John chapter 14. Can you? Can you go back, Jordan? Unless someone guides me. John chapter 14, verse 26. Can, can, you, can you get it up? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. It sounds like it to me that we have a spiritual guide. Doesn't it to you? I mean, it sounds pretty convincing. Go back to that verse now. The one we just talked about in uh, Acts chapter 8. He said, how can I unless someone guide me? So he admitted the fact that he could not understand what he was reading. In other words, he couldn't gain mastery because he was a mystery. He was on the outside instead of on the inside. It was like a parable to him and he couldn't get it. You know, I heard someone say to me when I was first born again, and they said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, well, okay, why? What's that? They said, well, you know, you pray for him. We speak in other tongues. It's your prayer language. And okay, well, what is it for? Well, you'll get insight into the Bible. You'll understand the Bible. I'm going, well, okay, all right, give it to me. Right, let's do it. I don't know if anybody of you have heard that. and People told you that, right? You get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll have understanding of the Bible, right? Well, that's as far as they went. I'm like, okay. So I read the Bible, and there's still the stuff that I didn't understand. I said, I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not understanding this. I had to call somebody. Hey, what's this mean? And what I had to do is I had to get their revelation. And if I wasn't careful, I started living like a parasite. Like a whole lot of Christians live. 
waiting on someone else's revelation. Now, there's nothing wrong with hearing a good word, but baby, you got to get a good word for yourself. (laughs) Amen? Oh, come on. Shout amen. Amen. All right. So, unless someone guides me, and he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Next scripture. There's a good teaching there, but I don't have time. The place in the scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, and so he opened out his mouth. Next one. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and whom to, who will declare his, uh, this generation for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, whom does this prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and began at this scripture and preached Jesus to him. And then it goes on to talk about being baptized. And, and they found water. And the reason for that is because he got a mystery revealed which created mastery in his life. He died to himself. Until he got the mystery revealed he would not have had mastery with Jesus. The, 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 um, the baptism in that text goes far beyond just establishing a doctrine in the church. It reveals to us, according to Romans chapter 6, that when we are baptized, we die a death like Jesus and we're raised in newness of life. So this man from Ethiopia came, came through this as a changed man because of revelation. I can't pray you in. I cannot convince you. I can't debate you in. You've got to get revelation. You and I can have a changed life. We can have a changed marriage. We can have a changed parenting relationship. We can have a changed business. We can have changed finances. We can have mastery in every area of our life, but it requires revelation. Because we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But the spirit of knowledge destroys ignorance. See, I don't really believe that most of us are fighting big devils. I think we have a problem with big ignorance. But you got to be careful because some people will say, if you go to a Bible study, read your Bible more, you'll have more knowledge, but you'll still be without understanding and you'll still be frustrated. It's a dependency and reliance upon the Holy Spirit to teach you. Give me that revelation, God. Show it to me. It'll change my life forever. I believe that the spirit of knowledge destroys ignorance and it destroys all destructive strategies that were going to be found against you or formed against you. It destroys the destruction. Revelation destroys the destruction. There is a time clock ticking over every one of our lives. It is the goal of the devil to steal, kill, and destroy, to take us into the bowels of hell, separate us eternally from God, to whip us, beat us, rob us, and leave us for dead. That's his goal. It's destruction. 
But knowledge, the spirit of knowledge, destroys his destruction. So revelation will utterly crush the destructive strategies that the enemy has put in motion. You know, I've heard people pray this. There's nothing wrong with praying this, and I encourage you to pray it, so don't misinterpret me. But they'll pray, Lord, we thank you, Father, for the power of God. We thank you, Lord, that we just bind up the devil and we cancel every strategy that has been formed against this believer. And we thank you, Lord, that he's sending him into confusion. There's nothing wrong with that. But he regroups real quick. And so for a minute, he's like, oh, man, what hit me? And the devil kind of staggers, but then he goes, and he's back. Unless you get mastery. And it comes through revelation. It comes through the knowledge of the Lord, which destroys destruction. So isn't that good? That all I need to do is get the revelation. And what was my future now has been canceled. Look at the, look at the, the, the eunuch. What happened? He was on his way to hell. Hell is destruction. He's reading the Bible. He's still on his way to hell reading the Bible. Oh, God, isn't that powerful? On his way to hell, going to church. Until Philip, the guide, comes next to him and said, Do you understand what you're reading, boy? He said, How can I but somebody guide me? And he began to give him the revelation he needed. And when he left the chariot, he walked out of destruction. His destruction was destroyed by revelation. Some people live 40, 50, 60, 70 years, healthy as can be. And then somebody gets a report, 56 years old, 65 years old, 42 years old. doesn't matter what your age is, really. Well, you went to the doctor the other day, and they said they think it's cancer. Do you know, there could be a strategy of hell that at age... 32, you're going to have cancer and die within six months and leave your children and your family. And the devil said, ha, glory, I'm going to get him. He doesn't say glory, but he says, you know what he says. Right? What destroys the destroyer is revelation of healing. I think we need to go beyond just being healed and staying healthy. Bless God, i got to get a revelation of health so it can destroy the date that was set for the bad report that was going to take me to the grave prematurely. I said, well, I don't know if I want to do all that. Well, then die. I'm serious. Well, I don't know if I want to do all that. Then stay broke. I don't do all that. Stay depressed. See, we have learned how to adjust to a low quality of life. And it's not God's plan. But it doesn't come through hoopla, wave the spiritual wand, slap you up with oil like a greased pig on a fair. No, that's not how it comes. It comes from revelation from the Holy Ghost guide that will give you the mysteries of the kingdom of God which will result in what? Mastery. Man, I'm going to start preaching here in a minute. All right, let me finish this thing up. 
Great ignorance means great defeat. Great knowledge means great victory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. I only have about 16 more scriptures and I'll be done. 1 Corinthians. I think I'm kidding. I got four pages here. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, and verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Everybody say spirit of the world. And the spirit from God. Okay, now just do me, do me a favor. I know this is like almost like kindergarten or something. Put your stuff down. Pick up your left hand and say, Spirit of the world. Pick up your right hand and say, Spirit of God. Okay, see, there are two spirits. But here's what Paul's teaching the church at Corinth who were dealing with enslavement to their flesh, to their doctrines, to whatever. Now we've... Have, now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit is from God that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God there is one spirit that will conceal them and there's another spirit that will reveal them if I'm influenced by the spirit of the world the, the, the benefits of his kingdom are concealed but if I'm operating in the spirit of the Lord they are revealed that's what Paul said right that, that's the inference there <laughs> anyway that's what he says so, so what things have you not yet received because they've not yet been revealed You mean all I had to do was put a little toothpaste on that girl's toothbrush? And I get all this? Well, shoot, I should have been doing this 10 years ago. See? But you haven't received that kind of level of intimacy and friendship because you didn't get the revelation of serving. Because the revelation of serving was concealed to you because you were trying to operate in the spirit of the world. See what I'm saying? So we've got to dig a little deeper, right? Look at your neighbor and say, dig a little deeper. Uh, I hate when they do that. Don't you hate when the preachers do that? Tell your neighbor, dig a little deeper. It's like, you know what? I don't want to talk to my neighbor. Just finish preaching. Golly, man. You know, tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, this is for you. Now, you know, I hate when they do that. But I do it anyway. <laughs> Can't help it. Only the Holy Ghost can do this. Only the Holy Ghost. Look at First John chapter two, verse twenty-four. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you've received from him abides in you. And you don't need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The Holy Ghost is a teacher. So he's got to teach while I'm teaching. Or there won't be any teaching done. He's got to teach while you're reading your Bible. Or there will be never, never having any understanding while you're reading your Bible. Now, 
You remember the disciples. They were just untrained men, you know. They're ignorant. They're fishermen. They grew up as fishermen. Uh, Their fathers were fishermen. And Jesus went and called them and said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. They understood something about fishing and the net and the beauty of that whole thing. And I tell you, there's such rich, deep truths throughout the Bible, especially in Ephesians chapter 4, when he talks about the, uh, uh, the gifts of the pastors and apostles and prophets and all that for the equipping of the saints. That word equipping in the Greek is incredible and it all relates to the fishing industry. So they understood completely when Jesus started talking and that's why when he began to reveal things in parables, they were on the inside. They got it. They got it. And all of these big shots in the kingdom of, 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 the, of, the, of the Hebrew, they, they, they didn't get it and they should have got it but they were on the outside and these ignorant men were on the inside. And and here's what the Bible says. Because they were a carrier of a spirit of knowledge. Now, verse 4, I mean, chapter 4, verse 13. And when they saw, Acts 4, the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Now, let me go back to uh, to my definition. Understanding gained through experience, that which has been perceived, discovered, or learned. Or you can get in the Holy Spirit, get the understanding gained by revelation. They saw Peter and John as being uneducated and untrained men. And they marveled. They said, man, how is it these men are operating in such manifestation? And they have no knowledge. And they realized they had been with Jesus, direct proportion to the time you spend with Jesus will be the manifestation that others will witness. Here's another one, Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. How can a bunch of ignorant, School dropouts turn a world upside down. So you see, you don't have to be qualified. Got some seminary degree. All that's good. You want to get understanding. I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. I got a couple doctorates. I'm a doctor, doctor. I got a doctor of divinity and a doctor of ministry. I got a big robe and everything. I got a hood. I've got... I got all this stuff on the wall. I can, I can impress you, man. You come into my office, you can see all my sheepskins up there. It's like, wow, doctor, doctor, bachelor ours, man. Wait, whoo, you like, you like educated, right? <laughs> but these men had no education. And that tells me if you're hungry for revelation, you can turn the world upside down. And start with yours. My wife and I are entertained at night by watching HGTV. That's about the only thing we pretty much watch. But I like the one about renovation. Because invariably husbands and wives get it on. Don't you yell at me. I'm just doing the best I can. Well, just leave me alone. Get out of here. And the pressure's on. It's really cool. But I like renovation. Somebody with a great big vision to say, you know what? This house 
can look different. I'm married to a person like that, you know. She has great big vision. I don't care whether, I mean, it could be anything. doesn't matter. She knows it can be something. She's a renovator. We, uh, some years ago, now I don't know how many years ago, we have our inner city ministry, Joshua Kids, and we've had it for the last 16 years, but we were going to start a business and get them employed and work on furniture and just teach them some skills and all those kind of things. So we bought this old building. Now this building was so old, it's on the National Historical Register, and we actually paid for the building when they should have paid us to buy it. Because when you walked in, it had been flooded, three-quarters of the ceiling was missing. So it rained and snowed in the building for years. It was full of asbestos. It was a theater that was slanted in the floor. All this had to be straightened. My wife looked at that building and said, no problem. I got the revelation. I said, well, you better give it to me because I have no understanding. He said, well, what happened to the building? We completed it. It was renovated. The business opened up. Then we sold the building. But, you know, we were just driving the other day. And, no, we were out on a bike. I was running and she was riding her bike. I'm doing my little run. And she said, oh, look, there's those four chairs on the front there by where they're picking up the garbage. Those four chairs, those are nice chairs. I said, come on, woman. You got enough chairs with no seats on them at home already. You can't help it when you're a renovator. You get what I'm saying? See, when you get that spirit in you that you can fix anything, you believe that you could do anything in God. Suddenly life is like, wow, what am I going to find today? What treasure am I going to find today? Tita came into my office. She, she bought this real, I mean, it was a nice-looking lamp. It matches my frame on my, if you've never been into my office, come visit sometime. I'll take you on a tour. Beautiful office. Bamboo floor, bamboo ceiling. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. She decorated it. But I've got this beautifully framed um, picture on the wall, and she found a lamp that's exactly, it's like a wall lamp. It has a flat backside. It hangs on the wall, but it looks like a lamp with nothing underneath it. It is the coolest thing. And I saw it sitting there. I said, where did this lamp come from? She goes, well, I found it. I picked it up. I said, oh, really? How much did it cost? What would you say, ten? Eight? Eight dollars. I said, shut up. (laughs) Eight dollars? I am not kidding you. It looks like it would have cost hundreds. It's absolutely spectacular. It's beautiful. You put it on the wall, you turn it on, it's like, whoo, this is nice. I said, where'd you get it? She said, the treasure store. I said, what do you mean? You mean the Goodwill? So she goes, the treasure store. I don't see it as Goodwill. I see it as treasures. Others may see junk, but I see good treasures. You know what happens when you get that spirit of knowledge on you? You think you could fix anything, build anything, renew anything, redo anything. You have such high level of faith. When you're around other people, they, they, you just make them feel good. That's the kind of spirit we need in the church again, don't you think? I think that's the kind of spirit we need. 
Let me finish with this. Never settle for less when you can operate in the best. Never settle for less when you can operate in the best. I believe there's a better way to do what you're doing now. There's a better way to do it. You say, well, what is it? I don't know. You'll have to get it from God. But there's a better way. I'll finish with this scripture, 1 Corinthians 3 and 10. The Bible says simply this, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have I laid the foundation and other builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. You know what that tells me? My life will never be completed because as long as I desire to build, God says, build it, boy. You and I can keep building on everything that we've already got. It's not over. It's not finished. You say, well, I've got a great life. You could have a greater life. When you reach greater, it can become the greatest. I'm telling you, there's always room for improvement. We don't have to settle for less when we can expect the best. And that's what the spirit of knowledge will operate in our lives. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I believe that once we operate in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, it is the bottom rung on a ladder of seven steps that will get us to another level. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord has been lost in the house of God. And you know, the big fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the beginning of wisdom and counsel and might. And I'm going to show you that in the Word next week. Don't miss it. And I'm telling you, church, when we begin to get this, we're going to operate in all seven of those manifestations of the anointing of God. I'm hungry for that. I want that in my life, in my family, in my marriage. I want that in my church. I want it in my friends. I, I, I just want to operate in that and say, look at God. Look, Just look at God, how big and how cool and how awesome He is because there's a spirit of knowledge in that book. That book you hold in your hand is alive. It's got revelation in it. Don't approach, approach it like a textbook. Approach it like a manual for life. And God will breathe into you out of that book. Breathe in me, Holy Spirit. Breathe in me tonight. Let's just put our stuff aside for a few minutes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Breathe on us, Lord. I, I just need that tonight, God. Breathe. Lord, you breathed into Adam and made him a living being. Thank you, Lord. And Father, tonight, we just, we just close our eyes, set aside everything, and we say, Lord, where there's been things that have died, things that have become lame, things that have been struggling, things, oh God, that have become weak, breathe. Breathe in it, Holy Spirit. Breathe in it, God. Breathe in your church, Lord. Make us renovators. Make us people of great vision. Make us see, oh God, all that you can do, Lord. Don't, don't let us limit you anymore, Father. Don't let us walk in limitation. Take the limits off, God. Show us greater things. Give us further insights, God. Take us into a deeper level. Holy Spirit, let's go, let's go uh, scuba diving down deep. Let's go deep into the things of God. Take me, guide me, show me, teach me. I don't have a lot of education in natural. I may not know all of the languages and vocabulary of others. I may not be an orator like others. I may not have the gift mix of others. But one thing we all have, church, is a guide. The same guide. He's the great equalizer. He's the guide of our, of our salvation. So guide me, Holy Spirit. I don't want to be on the outside. I want to be on the inside. I want to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I don't want it to have to live with parables. Jesus, tonight, I want mastery.
from those mysteries. Jesus, show it to us tonight as a church. God, may we be a church that really, really loves you and really, really loves one another. God, when people come into the room, they feel and sense the the love of God. And and God, help us, oh Jesus, that we would begin to get the revelation personally and not be, oh God, parasitical, but Father, have our own revelation. God, give us a body that's strong. May we impact this region for you, Jesus. God, we want to be fishers of men, Lord. We want, to, we want to reach in, oh God, and touch and change. So tonight, if you're here this evening and you say, Preacher, you know what? If I were to die today, I don't know that I would go to heaven or hell. I don't know if I'd become, you know, something else in another life. I, I have no idea what oblivious to anything. I just need Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. And I sure wish you'd pray for me. If that's your desire and your heart's cry tonight with nobody looking around, you say, Pastor, you know what? Would you pray for me? I just need that prayer. Would you lift your hand if that's you tonight? I can see your hand. I'd like to pray for you just for a minute. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Maybe as a believer tonight, you've been just living on a shallow level and you say, you know what? I want to go deeper. I want to get to meet my, my guide, the Holy Spirit. I want to throw things at him and say, how about this? And he'll say, okay, I'll show you that. God, give us that that desire to dig it out, to search it out. Help us, oh God, like Michelangelo, to see the statue of David while it's still a marble slab and be willing to put hammer and chisel to what's standing in the way. Church, what's standing in your way? What is it that's standing in your way? I pray the Holy Spirit now take hammer and chisel and let's go to work on it and reveal the real you inside. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Can we... Let's just cross the aisle real quick, if you don't mind. And let's just hold hands touch is important you know it's really important just touch two or three touch and agree Father tonight I pray for my friend who's on my right and on my left and I ask you oh God to anoint them with the spirit of knowledge and understanding let them gain mastery in every area and arena of their life Let them no longer flounder around the mountain for the tenth time, but let them make progress. I pray for them tonight, Jesus, that they will build on what has already been built and not be satisfied with how far they've come. But God, that there is more and we won't settle for less. I pray that they will not settle for less when they can live in the best. So I bless them tonight. And I pray, draw them, Holy Spirit, into a deeper relationship with you. And so, Father, when we pick up their Bible tomorrow, when they read tonight or before they go to bed and they pray, I ask that they would have a new relationship with you. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we ask. 
everybody said amen. Amen. So tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., we'll be heading the road and looking around at some more properties. I'll give you updates as we know. But live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. See Diane at the end of the service. If you're a mistress, seamstress, not mistress, seamstress. (laughs) Did I say mistress? (laughs) Sounds like seamstress. Some kind of stress. Love everybody. See you later.